Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday Night Two Point Conversion. Four co-hosts. Starting off, uh, I'm Kyle Senra, and uh, well, I'll go with uh, as Dan coined me earlier uh, this weekend, Commonwealth Kyle, saying Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, Gladys, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to you. I appreciate Kyle. it. Yes, Canadian Thanksgiving Monday. There was a CFL game on today. That was great. There was a CFL on ESPN. Ah, okay, so they did show Red Blacks and Alouettes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what was going too. on. It okay. went right down to right down to the final possession. So, uh, yeah, uh, good stuff there. Uh, Ottawa staved off playoff and elimination, but we're here to talk about the NFL, right? Uh, <laughs> right, Discord Dan. We're here with Commonwealth Kyle and the Great Gladys. Hi, Kyle. The great Gladys. <laughs> hey, Dan. Anything you want to talk about to start off the episode? <laughs> How about that? Uh, those London games. You know, a lot of people complain about London games with the time, but everyone. I'll tell you what. Shout out to everyone back home in Oz who have to wake up at two o'clock every freaking morning <laughs> to watch the uh, NFL. And then you guys have to get up at six. You poor fucking things. Uh, there's the first slide I have. Oh, it's, it's nine o'clock in the morning. It's six o'clock in LA. Oh my God. 7 a.m. Cook some eggs. 7 a.m. Cook some eggs. Cook some eggs. Watch some football. But these guys have to get, it's like one in the morning. So, oh, they know what they signed up. I listened to the Wednesday night show. They know what they signed up for. Get out of here. They know what they signed up for. They don't choose when the games are on. What a numpty that guy was. Get off my screen. Oh, man, you guys in Oz, you don't get to watch the games because, oh, you know what time it is. Piss off. Like, get out of here. Speaking of time zones, Kyle, how about them Packers? Go Pack, go nowhere. Come and meet us at 4-1. and one. Come and meet us at 4-1. and one. Who's at 4-1 and one with us? Everyone, the NFC beast. The Cowboys the are, actually. Come and meet us there. Come and meet us at 4-1. and 17-3 down with $50 million quarterback. My quarterback can't even run or throw or lead a team. And yet somehow, somehow. i got a question for you guys as well. I have one more question, just out of the blue, because I am in a, I'm in a feisty mood today. Uh, why is it that when Saquon Barkley goes to the Wildcat, he's a Wildcat, but when Taysom Hill does it, he's a quarterback? Why? Why is this? Why is this? Because what he throws is that, the ball. He doesn't throw it, and he doesn't catch it. So why is he all of a sudden a quarterback? But Saquon Barkley's playing. He's a wildcat. Why is this? Because I, think I bet, I, bet I know which one played quarterback. Oh, I like don't think he did. Season. I, th- I think he's season. a running back. I think he's a running oh back that plays wildcat. Derek, oh he is. Dude, it's dude. one of those things. We have the best <laughs> quarterback in the league in Saquon Barkley. We're like. 2-0 since every every time he goes on the center, 2-0. We're 4-1. This is madness. What is, is wrong madness. with you lot? Why are you it letting is. us do that? We were meant to tank this year. We were meant to get a good quarterback. We should be 1-4. and four. We should be down there with Carolina. And you guys can't beat us on oh, a neutral God. field. Kyle, what Dan, happened? Dan, no more five-hour energies before the show. I know, okay? exactly. Doctors, doctor's orders. Reel it in, baby. Reel Water. it in. I am clear of mind. We got a, we got a whole we got a whole show to get through. Don't burn out in the first fifteen minutes. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to writing these injury reports out. Thank you. Maybe maybe take half a quaalude while you're at it. We got a whole show to get through. Half? <laughs> um, anyway, the fourth voice you hear is actually a doctor, Doctor James Freddie, uh, the fantasy sports doc, author of the great book. Injuries suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. The best-selling book among the going for two staff—that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. that, that counts as a bestseller, right? Absolutely, it doesn't. It does in my book. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> this one ah, and that book too. Um, yeah, good to be here. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. I was this many years old when I found out it was Canadian Thanksgiving, and um, happy. What is it now? Indig it's Indigenous Peoples Day here in America, right? For those who celebrate. Yeah. Okay, well, happy Indigenous People Day here in America. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving and happy Monday. It's mm. it's time for Monday Night Football and time to go through all the injury carnage from the week that was. So let's yeah. do it. And we got a new concussion protocol too. Just what everybody wanted. Everybody yeah. wanted a new concussion protocol. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been seeing a lot. How long has it been since Tua had his concussion? Has it been what six days, seven days? Yes. Well, I mean, technically, so uh, eight days from if you count eight the, days. the first okay. one against the Bills, yeah, if that was then, a concussion, in fact. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's already started where I'm seeing like we were everybody was so concerned about concussions. We talked about concussions in extreme detail last week. And then this past week, it was like everybody forgot about the safety of the players. And they're like, but this guy passed all the concussion tests. Like, why is he still out of the game? Well, part of the reason is they changed the protocol. So the same rules don't apply. And the same, the other reason is, is that you want to err more on the side of caution, um, given what we just saw last week with Tua Tungavailoa having a really bad concussion and all the worries associated with that. So it's like, you're not going to get them all right. Let's everybody just take a deep breath and just try to understand that it's a situation in flux. And, um, you know, there's nuance to the, to the whole concussion discussion. I feel like we, we we were asking exactly for this. Like, why was Tua playing? He shouldn't have been playing. He should have been held out. Now everyone's complaining that Eulers right. are being held out. Like, it's like it just I, happened. Like, we just had this conversation. Like, I mean, I know my rant was I didn't necessarily think they needed new rules. I just thought if they needed to follow the rules they had. Like, a lot of, like, they can have all these new rules now, but it's they're relying on the teams executing. Of course, they did it this week when everyone's looking at it. Are the teams going to continue to do so and actually follow these rules like this? We'll see. Um, that'll be... A rant for next time, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, Dan might be a little relentless. Uh, Gators here, Yeti's here. Uh, thanking Dan for Dan. Well, Dan's Giants, really, not so much you, Dan. You didn't really do much. But, uh, oh, you, you, you did. Well. You, I was there in spirit. <laughs> well, I was gonna say you. You did. You were about as productive as the Packers themselves. So, uh, but yeah, Pretty Dan's much, Giants yeah. were slapping around Kyle's Packers. Uh, the Vikings appreciated that. I'm pretty sure the Vikings are leading the division now. So that's. Uh, I mean. I guess they have been the whole season, uh, whether it's been alone or tied. So, uh, yeah, Packers chasing the Vikings. I mean, Vikings beat the Packers head head to head straight straight up week one. So, yeah, it's going to be a chase all year. And uh, speaking of all year, Dan, uh, man, I cannot wait for what is it? Uh, four weeks from now, uh, week ten or no, week nine? Yeah, Saints are going to be on. I got I got something special planned uh, oh, for that. Fuck. I know. <laughs> <laughs> on our monday night show that week but uh yeah uh yeah so as doc mentioned we we here to talk about injuries we'll preview the monday night game so doc let's actually just talk about the concussion protocol so what what is this what are the new changes because we we spent so much time on it last week figures it makes sense or i figure it makes sense to continue on this i don't know about the rest of the co-host but if, yeah. correct me if i'm wrong everyone but it makes sense to kind of just follow up and what are these new rules i think we can address it briefly because we're going to be talking about concussions yeah you know as long as we're talking about nfl uh you know players and we're talking about injuries we're going to be talking about concussions and i think it's good to have just kind of a base understanding of what is going on now how players are being evaluated and how it's maybe a little bit different than how it was so one of the things that they changed was now they have um what seems to be something similar to what they have in the nhl which they have a spotter um in addition to all of the other things the independent neurologist the team staff 
um, and the team physicians evaluating the players, and they added something different to the criteria, which is considered a no-go as far as if this happens or somebody sees this, you're not coming back into the game if you're the player. So previously it was loss of consciousness, confusion and amnesia, or, or loss of memory. And now they added ataxia, which is loss of balance. So if you think about the issue with Tua in his first injury, the thing that got on everybody's radar was, is that he was stumbling when he was kind of coming back to the huddle. And that's what kind of triggered everything and got him to be evaluated, which he subsequently passed his evaluation and was allowed to come back into the game. If that were to happen again, and somebody were to see the player stumbling like that, they're going to be out of the game. And that's a no-go. They don't return to play. So that's a change. And I think it's probably a good thing because it kind of mitigates the exact situation that we had with Tua's first injury back in week three, where he would not have been allowed back into that game. And maybe the subsequent events don't happen. Um, it's hard to say that for sure. Um, but at least you're you're doing what seems like in the best interest of the players to, to protect them. So that's basically encapsulates, you know, really the big changes to the uh, concussion protocol that was agreed upon by the NFL and the NFL Players Association. So it seems like for the most part, everybody's happy with that again. So we'll see. All right. Thank you, Doc, for, for clarifying that. And uh, of course, all sorts of great questions for Doc. You can ask him. You can have access to Doc, not only just on Twitter, at TFS Doc. And I know you always post weekly injury threads. So check for that on Twitter, I'm sure. And I know Doc, great for, to DM. So his DMs are open. If you have any questions, you can DM him. You can also head over to Discord, the goingfor2.com slash Discord. Uh, it's a, a Discord with a 700 members strong throughout, entirely free, by the way. I know some, apparently some Discord channels do require a subscription, not the going for two one. So if you want access to all the great experts and analysts at going for two, including Doc's injury thread, uh, head over to the going for two discord. And of course, every day of the week, we have going for two live shows here on the YouTube channel for anyone watching live right now on YouTube or on Twitch or on Facebook. I uh, appreciate uh, coming in though in the comments uh, section, some love uh, Gator Jays there. Yeti's here uh, as mentioned. Uh, of course, if you're on Twitter, you can see the videos. But uh, any comments or simply just Twitter video comments, they don't actually show up in our comment feed. So you'll have to head over to, I get either the Going For Two Live YouTube, Going For Two Live Twitch, or Going For Two Live Facebook pages in order to comment, interact with us, and ask any questions that you do have. So uh, I guess, Gladys, uh, we've had Dan's rant. We've had Doc's uh, concussion discussion, which that's nice. I didn't necessarily intend that. But uh, do you have anything you want to start off the episode with? I'm not talking until Steelers win a game. <laughs> or okay, we'll see you or... in 2023. <laughs> oh, wow. Or not lose by 30 points. What did you think of his performance, Kenny Pickett's performance overall, though? I mean, it's a really tough draw. He's got probably the best defense in the AFC that he's facing. I mean, it's um, kind of a loaded question, but I, I think it could have certainly been worse, right? I Yeah, and I think you can't put 33 points – on Kenny Pickett, that the secondary just simply didn't show up. I mean, the secondary didn't show up. Uh, the the rush didn't show up. I think what did Pickett went 327 yards. He threw for three hundred twenty seven yards. He had one mm -hmm. interception. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he did. I think he did good. Depend with the circumstances that he was given. You're going to get up against the Bills. The third play of the game, right, Kyle? The third play of the game, Gabe Davis goes for 98 yards. Um, 
for a touchdown. And if you watch, no one's chasing him. I, I don't. He could have like ran backwards. He could have like did a little dance. No one is chasing him. And he gets in the end zone, and then it was like sucked from there on out. That's what I thought. But I thought Pickett did okay. I thought he okay. got the ball further down the field than Trubisky could have or has been doing. But, my God, four touchdowns from Josh Allen. And they pulled him. And they pulled him. He had four touchdowns. They pulled him. They pulled half the offensive line. And we still couldn't score. And we still couldn't stop him. Even Cook scored. You know, you know, you suck if if James Cook scores on you. Now we allow a player to have their first career touchdown. It's so. James Cook slander alert. No, it wasn't slander, was it? It's a true know. story. All kind of slanderous, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, I guess the one thing I will say, uh, happy about Gabe Davis' performance. I did start him in the Scott Fishbowl this week, and I actually am going to win. I'm already up and I still have Patrick Mahomes left. Um, and this is in spite of the fact that I started Teddy Bridgewater and got what was it, negative point <laughs> five point because yeah, he, he had one incompletion. And of course, incompletions yeah. are a negative point in Scott yeah. Fishbowl. I yeah. uh it's it's funny though, Gladys. I started Bridgewater in another league where I left Kenny Pickett on the bench. Obviously, that was a mistake. So not gonna be I'm probably not gonna be able to start Bridgewater anyway, but certainly pick Pickett's back in the lineup. They're gonna be in my lineup now every week. So Kind of at least happy I made that move in the rookie draft, but uh, yeah, well, I, I think he'll be. I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I just know that when when you get scored thirty eight points on you and you can't score a touchdown, even though your quarterback's throwing for three hundred twenty seven yards, it's like a whole team malfunction, and I'm not happy about it. And damn it, I said I wasn't going to talk to the score, Kyle. I know. Th- thank you for gracing us with such a great speech. <laughs> damn it. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're really fortunate to have you. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I was rocking the Letter Kenny shirt partially because, okay, the Chiefs are playing Mahomes. And part of my Scott Fishbowl strategy was I wanted at least one piece of every AFC West offense. <laughs> I- I'm nice. glad I got Mahomes. Uh, yeah, Hunter Renfro will be back from a concussion. So that's my one piece there. Piece. The Tim Patrick draft pick. Not that, that really didn't work out. And. Uh, Who's the other team? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Austin yeah. Eckler. I guess he worked out really well this week. So, yeah. Oh, you yeah. got yeah. Austin Eckler and Patrick Mahomes and Scott Fishbowl? Yeah. That was, uh, I think, yeah. It's Eckler <laughs> going to the 212 was definitely, or the 211 was definitely one of the later I saw from him. So, I, I, was, uh, I was I was originally thinking go quarterback there. But, uh, yeah, that was one. It was like, okay, I'm going the AFC West stack. I'm starting that right away in the second round. And, uh, yeah, again, the Tim Patrick pick was not good. Uh, but, yeah. uh, it could have been good. His ACL yeah. had had different ideas. That's a nice, that's a nice team there, Kyle. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I was doing good the first few weeks, and then I, I kind of fell off a little bit the last few. So uh, the it's funny. Back-to-back weeks where I start the Dolphins quarterback, and they – Believe you give me negative points. So again, probably won't be doing that next week because I don't know that either of them will play. So I won't have a choice. But uh <laughs> injuries, right? That's all there are. There's always injuries. And that's again why we we're one of the primary purposes we talk about is injuries. Hey Doc, uh, is yeah. Tua out definitely next week? Tua's not no. coming back. No, he's okay. not out. He is not out definitely. He okay. may actually be back next week. Okay. It it I looks think... like and we we could touch on we can start there actually. Sure. Go um, right ahead. So he was out week five, as we kind of all expected. Um, right. He's me- he's meeting with multiple specialists. Reports on that aren't back yet, um, to my knowledge. Like we talked about, the worry with him is is that he's already had at least one concussion, maybe two, um, in a really short time period. And the concern is there's a cumulative effect with these in the short term and in the long term. 
Um, and if he gets another concussion in the short term, the concern is, is that could be the end of his year. Um, so it could go either way, depending on what the independent specialists say. As of now, it looks like he's trending in the direction where he's going to play. But if they say something else um, or he has a return of symptoms or things you know go in the wrong direction, it could even go as as poorly as he ends up on IR and is out for a month. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's not, there's a non-zero chance that that could happen. So, you know, kind of we're at the point like stay tuned, but I'm hopeful that he might actually be back this week, provided he gets good reports from the independent specialist that he's, that he's seen. Okay, cool. With the concussion, it's always, you know, how they progress through the week, there's stages. So it's tough to say far out. You can't, can't ever say they're going to be in really until probably the day before. Like that's the one thing with Tua it depends on where they are in the, like in the protocol, how far along he is. I'm not sure when that yeah. protocol starts, what day it is, but we tend to see a lot of times players through the protocol, like through the week, they won't, they have to be fully practicing. So really Friday, Saturdays when we'll, we'll first get any indication that he might play. Yeah. Well, we'll just kind of see how, how it goes. And the thing is with him specifically, everybody's eyes are going to be on him he's going to be under a microscope. Like with other players that have a concussion, people are going to look at it, but they're only going to be looking at it kind of like from 50 feet away. Two is going to be under a microscope. So it's like, they're going to want everything to be dialed in perfect. So they're completely beyond reproach in the event that something does happen where he does get another concussion or something else happens. Some other injury happens, some other bad outcome happens where they want to at least be able to essentially be, beyond reproach completely where there is no, there was no question. There was no nothing. Everybody agreed. And sometimes bad things happen. That's what they want to be able to say. If they can't say that they're going to err on the side of not putting him in until they can say that. Does that make sense? Um, So during the week, like when a player's hurt, say like he hurts his hamstring or something, we're always watching the injury report to see if he, like he doesn't practice on Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. you're going to watch and see if he practice Friday. It's not the same for concussion though. Right? Like, cause I think, cause he could not practice on Wednesday and it's mm-hmm. not as serious as say uh, a hamstring injury, not practicing on Wednesday or no. It, it, it it's just same? different. It's just different because of the way the protocol is set up. And, you know, maybe one of these times we can actually go through specifically what the protocol is, but it starts out with just very generally, like, can you like, can you walk? Are they symptom free eventually? Then can you exercise lightly without getting return of symptoms, whatever they are, pain, headache, dizziness, you know, whatever, Um, all the way up to can you do like light practice and then can you do a full practice without return of symptoms? If you get a return of symptoms, you go back to the beginning and you kind of have to go through all over again. So as you continue to ramp up your activities, if there's no symptoms, then you're advancing through the protocol. If you have a setback within that, then you go back to the beginning and you kind of start the process all over again. The idea being that you'll progress rapidly through the initial parts until you get to the part where you initially started to develop symptoms. And then you may or may not progress through that. So I guess we did explain the concussion protocol. But it's, it's not so much, are you practicing? It's like, what are you doing at practice and are you able to advance? And do you, do your symptoms come back? If they do, okay then you're not progressing through the protocol. You've plateaued and you've actually gone backwards and you have to kind of start from square one. Because I to just elaborate on that, I've seen players that are limited practice participants all week with a concussion and they're still in the concussion protocol and they don't get cleared. Because normally we'd see- They haven't made it to 
being able to practice fully without mm-hmm. having return of symptoms. They maybe they're there with a non-contract jersey. They can run around, but they can't fully practice, and you're not clear until you can do that. Non-contact jersey, like the kind Tom Brady wears when he's like playing. Apparently so. <laughs> it, it is red, right? Yeah. Usually the non-contact jerseys are red. Maybe so. that's what confused everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. Um, Sorry. No, that's, hey, I, hey, we're here to rant, right? Whether it's Dan or Gladys, apparently you both you can take over the rants. Uh, if you want to hear my rant on the Packers, because uh, one thing I will say, Dan, is the Giants were clearly the better coach team. That's for sure. Uh, regardless of oh, anything else, they uh, definitely I don't know, Carl. I'd, I'd like to think that they're just a better team at four and one. <laughs> yeah, um, that that would probably know, be true as well. Stop, but me, I think, stop me when I'm lying. I mean, I, I'm just know. saying the for sure thing is that they're the better coach team. That's that's like undisputable. Listen, I think uh, we can say, I'll, I'll as, as, as your residence Packers uh, fan of the fan, you know, I'd like to think that I'm a fan of Kyle's, who's a big Packer oh. fan, you know, <laughs> you know, full press coverage Packers, get a hold of them. But I'd like to think that, uh, yeah, I'm a plug machine. Um, I'd like to think that <laughs> we've seen enough, I think we've seen enough from Matt LaFleur to know that every now and again, he does make some weird decisions or he doesn't. I feel like he's not aggressive enough when he needs to be. Like, I don't know. I could be wrong with that, but I feel like he could be doing a lot more too. Dable's going to show no fear no matter what. That's his MO, right? And the Giants, to be fair, I feel like we chased Tennessee. We chased, wasn't Carolina. We chased Dallas. We were ahead of Dallas when we got caught. And last week against Chicago was back and forth. But when we chased teams, we're actually not that bad. So the gameplay might have actually worked into the Giants, which was, you know, lose first, win second. (laughs) (laughs) It's a strange strategy. But it's working. They're 4-1. Can't complain. Somehow. You go back to Benning, Carl. You have your your moment, mate. I'll let you Well, I was going to say, uh, for the the sake of of brevity, I will plug my show again, the Full Press Packers pod. I'm definitely playing a a full rant on Matt LaFleur and exactly why that's happening. So check out the the recap episode this week. My co-host, Jesse Hall. Uh, I'm... Sure, Jesse will have similar complaints to I, but I definitely, uh, I definitely hinted at this already last week, anyway. So I'm just gonna, I can't say victory lap because they lost a loss lap, I suppose, because I'll be like, basically, if I saw Matt Lafleur, I'd say I told you so. If you, you know, if you listen to the podcast, which maybe he should, <laughs> maybe Matt Lafleur should listen to the full press Packers pod and show should anyone else, but we should get back to injuries. And two is out, <laughs> and so is apparently his backup, Teddy Bridgewater. So elbow and concussion injuries. So again, concussions. It seems like he has to progress through the protocol. We're not going to know. I mean, we don't know if he's further along in the protocol than Tua is or not. I mean, that's we'll have right. to kind of see us through the week. But I guess the elbow injury, how do, do we know severity there? Is that something that could potentially hold him out longer than the concussion? Yeah, it is. Uh, we we really don't know much about that at all. It was just kind of like he wasn't in there very long, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, that is. And then he's out with a concussion and also an, an arm injury or an, what they're calling an elbow injury. So the good news is, is they're saying that he's asymptomatic now with regard to concussion symptoms. That doesn't mean he's progressed through the protocol, but at least he's feeling better there. So that at least bodes well for his chances to play in week six if Tua doesn't. But the elbow injury might still be an issue. Um, so we really don't know much about that now. We just have to kind of watch the practice reports and, and kind of be on the lookout for for updates. Um, so... It, there's a lot of uncertainty with the um, with the Dolphins quarterback position, and, and that definitely has a trickle down effect to other players like, you know, what you're going to do with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, who picked up his own injury, which we'll get to. Um, and the, the running back room has been kind of a little bit, you know, topsy turvy 
Um, it's like Raheem Mostert is is kind of taking the you know against all odds, taking the job and and run with it, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but you do have to. I mean, if there was a running back coming into the season that we thought had a really high chance of getting injured prior to the season starting. I'd say there were two big ones. Um, Rashad Penny was one, and spoiler alert, he did get hurt. And then Raheem Mostert is still kicking around, and he's leading the backfield, which is this is what he does. Like, he plays really well when he's able to play, and then he gets hurt, and that's kind of it. So that whole offense is kind of – there's so much instability there. It's really hard to to feel comfortable if if you're kind of leaning on any of the Dolphins' skill positions right now. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, cause yeah, it might be Skylar Thompson starting for them at quarterback next week. Yeah. And just, okay. Anyone else wants to go? Feel free. Nope. Having dog issues. No, none of us want to talk to the Dolphins. <laughs> We're just trying to avoid them completely. Well, yeah, Carlos was watching the Giants Packers game on my phone again. So, oh my God. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> well, no wonder, no wonder you seem so happy and, and, and uh, yeah. gooeyish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess we could talk about the Tyreek Hill injury then. Might as well stick with the Dolphins. So foot injury for Hill. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys know the deal with this. They're, they're kind of not making a big deal out of it, but he was in a walking boot. The diagnosis at this point is unclear. Um, it could be nothing. It could be somebody stepped on his foot and he's got a bruise or something like that. But there's still always the specter of there being like a really significant injury, a ligament injury or something like that, like a Liz Frank. That's not fear mongering. That's a possibility. That's one of the things that's in the diagnosis tree. If you have a foot injury, um, so we just don't know. Um, it's something that if if you're rostering Tyreek Hill and you're counting on him, this is another reason to be really potentially concerned. Um, so, you know, with relation to that, they're not must-ads at this point, but um, assuming they do get their quarterback back, um, guys to keep an eye on, um, Trent Sherfield and Cedric Wilson, I would keep them on waiver wire speed dial. Jalen Waddle's been dealing with a groin injury. Tyreek Hill's got a foot injury. If Tua comes back, these guys could potentially have a couple of weeks of value, especially as bye weeks hit and other players are getting hurt. And you're just looking for guys to kind of just bridge you for a couple of weeks, scratch out a win or two, and then keep it moving. Um, so if you're in deep, a deep league and things with the Cheetah go from bad to worse, you know, Sherfield and Cedric Wilson, they flashed in the past. Um, you know, Sherfield with the 49ers and Cedric Wilson with Dallas. So you know, they're guys to keep an eye on and, and they could have some value. And I think so with Waddle, he was coming off a groin injury. He played, uh, I know I've got him in one league. He scored 6.3 points. So yeah, I, I wonder, I suppose I might play him again next week, especially if Hills out or limited thinking, you know, with Thompson, even if Thompson's at quarterback, the way they use Waddle yeah. underneath guy, like he quick throws yards after the catch. I think I'd still be confident playing Waddle. I don't have Tyree Kill anywhere, so that's a tough that's tough for me to gauge. But that I would probably be more willing to play Waddle than I would Hill. Hill still seems like kind of those guys where if he's active, you play him. But I don't know, Doc, yeah. would you have hesitation playing him? No, I wouldn't. And I think, you know, we're getting to the point where it's like, you know, in the beginning of the year, it's like you have all these choices, right? It's like you start out waddling like, oh, down guy, sort of yeah should i play <laughs> this stud or should i play this stud it's like oh, i don't know you know I, I was this guy's gonna project to score 20 this one's projected to score 18 as the bye weeks and the injuries start happening it's like the criteria and the bar for when you start somebody gets really low and i think we're kind of getting into that phase as we get into you know week six when the bye weeks start and with all these injuries it's like 
my bar you know definitely gets lower it's like is this guy healthy is he gonna play okay then i'm starting him like tyreek hill if he's active i'm probably starting him um unless i have i'm just been really fortunate with injuries or i don't have a lot of bye week issues i think most people are going to be in a position where they have to start him that's fair uh and i guess uh, again Back to my uh, letter team, my letter Kenny team, my uh, Scott Fishbowl team in the Letter Kenny League. Um, you know, lost Tua, lost Bridgewater. I also had Baker Mayfield in case I needed to, Ooh. but I lost him too to an ankle yeah. injury. So I suddenly only have Mahomes, which is a good quarterback to have, but that's uh, definitely going to have to do some tinkering there. But uh, yeah, I guess we know, I, I suppose, you know, with knowing Baker Mayfield, I think he's already been ruled out with the ankle injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Just real quick, we'd rather pick up PJ Walker than Skylar Thompson, who we're not sure if Skylar Thompson would start. At least we know with Walker, he will be starting. As much as the weapons are intriguing, Tyreek Hill and Waddle, again, knowing Hill's foot injury, the weapons in Carolina may not be so bad either. So uh, just to get that out of the way, I think we'd, we'd all prefer to spend, you know, fab or, or priority waiver ads on PJ Walker as opposed to Skylar Thompson, certainly in Superflex leagues. Yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. Okay, uh, I guess is there more to say about Mayfield other than we think yeah, it'll be out I mean, a couple weeks, it seems? Just real quick. So it's a high ankle sprain. We know the deal. You know, okay. three, four weeks, you know, could be longer. Here's the real issue with him. He could end up on short-term IR. P.J. Walker's going to start now. Does Darnold come back and get another shot? He's dealing with his own ankle injury. There's a non-zero chance Baker Mayfield comes back from this injury in a few weeks to a backup job. So you have to run that through your filter as well. And decide is that you know is that something you want to hold on to? Um, you know, Carolina fired their head coach. Uh, some people think it's long overdue, um, but but Matt Rule is gone, and you know things may change. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be hard for things to get worse over there. Um, so I think it's kind of addition by subtraction at the very least. So we'll see, but there's a lot of uncertainty there. So again, if you have injuries and you have bye weeks and you have other needs it might be time to just kind of move on from Baker Mayfield and, and fill those other holes because Baker Mayfield's not going to be doing anything for your team for a few weeks and maybe longer if he doesn't get his job back. Did they fire the OC too? No, I believe he's still there. They fired the defensive coordinator, but not the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Yeah, I need to find the DC. But Which is ben, ben, the ben, offensive yeah, coordinator and old buddy Ben McAdoo. Benny, Benny McAdoo, the guy so, that so, – uh, yeah, so, the guy that took Eli Manning to like a thirteen and three record or something wasn't. Yeah, he was, they were good there for a couple of years. Like yeah, it's a bad rap. That whole thing fell apart when he became the head coach. But um, he they did really well for for at least a year or two. He kept everything kind of when when he was running the show. He when he wasn't running the show, he did well enough to get Eli to be as effective as possible and play within his means. Still had like four thousand yards or something stupid. Yeah, they were really good. We went to the playoffs. It's the last time, and obviously that's when Boatgate happened. If anyone remembers that photo, uh, oh, yeah. who did they lose to, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> the Bears, right? The Packers, probably. I think it was an NFC North team. Like, I mean, yeah. it couldn't be the Lions. They they don't win playoff games, but yeah, it's someone else. I think. It was, uh, I think it was but yeah, I think it's funny because Ben, ben McAdoo used to be with the worst team Packers. with the Packers, the Packers beforehand, yeah. and then went to a better organization, the Giants, where he really well, Giants, the, the Giants tend to, the Giants tend to recycle Packers coaches. Obviously, we had Patrick Graham there as well for a while, so you know it works out all right in the end. We've, everyone gets found out, but <laughs> they, they they're still trying to make up for losing Vince Lombardi, aren't they? Who us? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. We did all right with Eli, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, that's fair. He has more Super Bowl rings than Rodgers. So, uh, 
He does. And, but, yeah, so Taylor Man is Rogers and Favre combined. How about that? <laughs> well, I, he's probably a better quarterback than Favre, to be honest. Um, oh, he's a better, but, player. Uh, a better person. Oh, uh, yes. yeah, that's yeah, definitely. I would. We, I think we'd all agree there. Um, so yeah, I, I think okay. So that was a good kind of long-term discussion on the you know quarterback injuries, Dolphins in general. So that was a good kind of theory. We'll get to the rapid-fire injuries in a sec, but we do have a, yeah. a, a comment here from Broncos plays. So another team with a supposed good quarterback that isn't doing so well. So we can wallow in misery together. Uh, any suggestion with this 12-man team? So quarterback Joe Burrow, running back Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, wide receiver Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Michael Pittman, and a tight end duo of George Kittle and Dalton Schultz. Um, looks like a pretty good team. I don't know that I, I'd necessarily do much with that starting line. I probably just want to. Uh, Chris Olave, Doc, isn't, isn't Chris Olave in connection protocol right now? Yeah. So I, I had the same thought when I first looked at it at the this squad. Um, this is a really good looking team, but you know, and again, I have a bias, but the thing that I'm looking at is what's the bench situation looking like and what's the buy situation looking like, because some of these guys are going to not be available for maybe a week or two. So Chris Olave, he made a spectacular touchdown catch. He was looking really good. He has been looking really good, but he got a concussion on the play. He was ruled out for the rest of the game. We don't know what that's going to look like. He's going to have to progress through the concussion protocol. So he may be out this week and potentially longer. We're seeing with Hunter Renfro, who's back for Monday night's game tonight, but he's missed two weeks after getting his concussion. So it's not always a guarantee that you progress quickly through the protocol. Um, and Dalton Schultz um, had a PCL injury, very similar to what Julio Jones has been dealing with. And he was out for one week, came back, Played a bunch of snaps, but didn't do anything. Got a goose egg and then got re-injured in week five and could be out for another week, two, maybe longer. Um, he's going to be really hard to trust um, until we get to see him come back and actually produce. And it does help that Dak Prescott is hopefully going to be back in a couple of weeks. Um, but with George Killer as your other tight end, he's not exactly known for his durability either. So I see this as a really excellent team on paper, but the thing is, is that you got to get you got to get points. And if the guys aren't in the lineup, then you're going to have to bring in guys from the bench. So I guess my question to uh, Bronco plays is what's the bench situation looking like? And do you have do you have bridge guys that you can get in there in case these guys don't play? So you're not just, you know, throwing up, um, you know, complete stiffs in there. who are going to get you like a point or two and um, and really sacrifice your product productivity for a couple of weeks until these guys come back. Dalvin Cook's shoulder, too. Dalvin Cook's shoulder definitely gives me trepidation. Derrick Henry, um, you know, he's the king. But, he's, you know, he had his foot injury last year. He's been doing fine, so there's no real reason to worry there. Joe Burrow has been getting eradicated um, oh God. You know, behind, behind that offensive line, so that's been problematic. But – you know, like aside from aside from the guys that we mentioned, it's like there's there's a lot of it feels a lot very volatile. It feels like a very volatile team, which high ceiling but low floor because of the injury risk. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I was just looking up like when because I think at this point you're going to just run Kittle in the lineup until yeah, Schultz so shows you something. Yeah. Not not even back healthy, back productive and better than Kittle. Yeah. Uh, but again, you mentioned the, the keyword doc by week. So you have kind of a certain runway. You need Schultz to be back by week nine. So I guess this, this would be my first question doc. Cause I think this might be the first tangible thing they might be doing. Do you would like, 
And I get you to guess four weeks in advance. That'll be the, I guess, week nine will be the Taysom Hill game here uh, mm-hmm. on Monday night. But uh, going four weeks in the future, would you be able to trust Dalton Schultz in a lineup just without knowing anything else? Do you think four weeks is enough to be for you to be able to start him? Geez, I don't know. That's close, you know, because I had confidence. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, usually I'm pretty good as far as like if somebody comes back, I'm like, all right, you know, they're out there, put them in. And I'm, I'm usually pretty, you know, liberal when it comes to that. But the thing that, gave me a lot of trepidation was when he started in week four and he got zero. That's, that's a problem to me because once you do that, when you're out there and like that, that tells me that you're not completely right. And you're kind of a decoy or at least you're, you're playing that role. And we saw that a lot. And one of the guys who was really good at that um, was, was Megatron Calvin Johnson, because he had a lot of issues, chronic issues with his ankles. They would get injured and, they would send him out there and they would basically just say, go out there and run in a straight line, try to throw the defense, but he wasn't going to get the ball and he would, it's Megatron. So you got to start him. Right. But then he would go out there and he wouldn't do anything and that wouldn't really help you. So that's the thing that I worry about with, with Dalton Schultz is he, they know that he's one of the weapons on that offense. that makes it go. And they know that if he's out there, he's going to draw some attention. So they put him out there he runs his routes, but he's not actually going to get the ball. He's going to serve as a decoy. So until he's out there for a game and I see him actually getting productivity, getting making catches and not just blocking or, or running routes without getting the ball, I can't feel confident starting him. And that's irrespective of his injury needs to heal enough to even get him to that point, which yeah. may be two or three weeks. Then add on another week where he's out there and yeah. doesn't throw up a goose egg. I think it's going to be – close potentially so you're right on that edge and if it's if he's back you misses three weeks and comes back the fourth you probably don't want to play him and that's part of my wondering is is schultz just a cut to for for what you're talking about adding depth at the other positions maybe running back and wide receiver cost benefit wise like it's it's always very team specific as to what your individual needs are at the time what your record is you know if you're four and one you know, maybe it's not that big of a deal. You already kind of got your eye on the playoffs. You know, you figure I'm going to get to that seven or eight wins that I need. I'm going to get in one way or the other. Maybe you're thinking buy or division title or something like that. Um, and everybody wants to win every week, but it's like big picture wise, you want to be healthy weeks, 13, 14, 15, 16. When the playoffs come around, um, that's much more important than it is to be healthy weeks one through four. But as the buys happen and injuries happen and you have needs elsewhere, sometimes you have to make those cuts and just say, okay, this guy's not going to play for me for three or four weeks. Realistically, that's too long. I can't, I can't carry him. I have, I have needs elsewhere and I need to make a move. I think, you know, not having a backup tight end means you carry more depth at those positions. And then come week nine, when it is Kittle's bye week, then you look, okay, who's the, like, then yeah. you could really just ma- minimize it down to just one week of the yeah. available tight ends. Who is the most touchdown upside or who do I think will have the big, biggest week? And you can be really flexible there. Yeah. That's the week you carry two tight ends. And then you go back to hoping super, for the breakout for Kittle. It's a super streamable position. Yeah. Agreed. On a weekly with, with a weekly. And the best thing is if you're waiting until that week nine period, when Kittle has the bye. You're also limiting your options. If there's five or six teams on a buy, you don't have to worry about those guys on the waiver wire for that week that you could pick up. You're limiting your options to maybe no Thursday, no no Monday. Oh, I guess Thursday, maybe I'm thinking of something else, but at least you're limiting your, your options. If there's six teams on the buy, you don't have which, to think about which ones yeah. of those tight ends you would pick up for that week. You can just go, okay, well, these are the two best tight ends that were that are available. Let's go for that. But you're looking at streamable tight ends, like bring it up again. Hayden Hurst scored another touchdown this week, right? Like 
guys like that, Gerald yep. Everett, does it again. Robert Tonyan popped up again. Like these dudes are guys like Donald Parham are, are making some noise. Yeah. Daniel Bell, listen, Daniel Bellinger yep. is he's starting to factor into the Giants. Kate Otten, he's starting to play more for the Bucks yep. as it's going on. He's I think he's got eleven points this week. Like dudes like that, they're starting to stru- they're starting to show themselves. Right, so be patient. And if you're in a good position, but that's a nice little team you've got there. Might have been a little bit of a problem, obviously, with some of those players not starting the way you might want them to. If you don't have to panic, like what everyone else said, wait till week nine. If you're not going to start them until that point, why are you picking them up now? That would make no sense to me. I'd be waiting and just say, okay, well, if there's six teams not there. This is the best tight end available. Let it ride. Especially if we think Schultz isn't going to do much for these weeks. It's not like he's going to have a spike week all of a sudden. That's going to be, okay, everyone has to roster. But at this point, he's injured. He may not be that desirable. Heck, you might drop Schultz, and he might still be there to be picked up in week nine yeah. if, if he's not healthy. And, and the other people are kind of ha- are more set at tight ends. They've been kind of doing their due diligence, picking players up. Doc, you mentioned that zero he got probably sours some people. They might go look at his game log and, oh, no, that you know he was great last year, but he's got a zero this year on, on a, you know as, yeah. as a healthy player, even though we – Says two two zeros in a row, week four and week five, two zeros. Like that's that's gonna push you down on a lot of a lot of rank lists. So anyway, so Broncos plays all to say, don't be afraid to drop Schultz if you need depth at other positions. But go ahead, Gladys. Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Hey, Doc, what do you think was the most egregious injury this week? Like the person that you think may not be coming back soon. Was there um, one? Yeah, so it was Penny, the, right. It was the one that we were kind of all waiting for. So I, I feel this one is personal for me oh, because okay. I ended up like full disclosure. I picked up Rashad Penny as a free agent last year, and all I heard all off season was he's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. <laughs> Don't draft him. Don't pick him up. He sucks. Don't use him. He's going to get hurt. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe, but when is he going to get hurt? And Will he have some really good weeks before he gets hurt? It turns out the answer was yes and yes. So last week, he has a monster week, and I felt vindicated, and that just goes to show you like how the fantasy football gods are very fickle because right on the heels of that, unfortunately, um, what a lot of people predicted is what happened, and it happened this week, which is he essentially broke his ankle without getting into too much detail, broke his ankle bad enough, and there's enough damage that he needs surgery. And it's very similar to what happened with Jamison Crowder last week. Um, So he's out for the year. Um, And it was fun while it lasted, but now it's Ken Walker season. So for any promptly came in and then scored like whatever, a 60 something yard touchdown and paid off all those people that had faith in him. So good for, good for him, good for them. And um, you know, sky's the limit for the young rookie, but it's unfortunate for Rashad Penny because this one, it wasn't really his fault. Like he had a lot of soft tissue injuries. This was just like, you know, it was like a physics equation. Like you have a big guy lands on somebody's leg at an awkward angle and the bones broke. It's not like his fault. It's not because he's injury prone that he broke his leg. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And now he's done for the year, unfortunately. So Seattle's actually been looking pretty good. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, you know, Geno Smith is is looking good and, and the wide receivers there are looking good and, and that offense was looking, <laughs> I, looking decent. I once offered uh, – there's this guy in a league I'm in my league, and I, I offered him a fifth for Geno Smith because, like, Trey Lance went down. I'm like, Actually, I'd rather the fifth. That was <laughs> – I was like in week oh three. I was God. like, you know what? I think I'd rather the fifth over Geno. Probably need to uh, recant that again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Geno. You but, said you'd rather a fifth? Or the other <laughs> I said I'd rather the fifth. 
I was oh, like, why right. am I why am I chasing Geno Smith for? This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. You're, I'm, you're, I'm I thought you were it. you were crazy for not accepting uh, Andy Dalton for a third for me. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I look at I look at like uh, I, I treat Superflex like have I got someone on the bench that is going to get me the same amount of points, and I probably do. So for me, it's just it's paralogical, right? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I had Andy Dalton. I have Andy Dalton in the league. I started Cortland Sutton. Sutton had like. One point less. I'm like, well, it makes sense. So, like, for me in that regard, it's like, well, why am I chasing like a pick for a guy if I've already got the points just sitting there? I just, for me, it's just make better decisions for your roster. That's that's all it is, right? But Gino, I was like, Gino Smith, there's no way. It's a New York thing, I think. I'm like, I don't want Gino. I'd rather that fifth. I'd rather just drop it on like a running back that'll never play. Brutal. You know? Yeah. Brutal. Lattice. <laughs> look yes. at, look at, uh, yeah, it's, so Yusu Rodriguez. First Yusu, off, yeah. help. I'm down 13. I have Adams, Kelsey. Opponent has Mahomes and CH. Am I screwed? No. Say it, help. I don't know that we can help, to be honest. No. At this point, it's kind of I don't the think, line I don't of You kind of have to wait and see. What do you no. think, Gladys? Just no, because, yeah, Mahomes, Kelsey, you're going to – you're okay. <laughs> CH, I okay, CH is really doing well, but I have no confidence in him personally. But he has seen an uptake in his – snaps he has scored touchdowns even when he has negative yardage which i don't even understand how that happened and yeah. adams isn't getting in the end zone he's getting yards but he's not getting touchdowns so no i think you're fine i think you're going to be okay there rodriguez just uh, let me well, let me double check on this Keep yeah, going, Paul. what what what's going to be necessary is a you know for kelsey to have most of the targets and that way you know every time kelsey you know assuming conventional scoring yusu uh so you know receiving yards are worth more than passing yards so every time kelsey catches a pass from mahomes you get more points with kelsey than mahomes the problem it's is PPR. when mahomes doesn't target kelsey then they're you're not getting any yeah. points from those so that's the problem so what i think what it really needs unfortunately is probably two touchdowns from adams and the 100 the yard game like if if adams can have kind of a monster game to almost match mahomes you can maybe bank on kelsey outscoring ceh that's Did- probably what is needed and I'm saying that's probably not likely because uh, we'll get to it in the props later. But man, Doc, Mahomes is against Juju the Raiders. Hurt? Is Juju playing? Uh, Juju is hurt, playing, right? as far as I know. I I believe he's playing. We need to double check on that. But the last I heard, I he was check. playing. You guys always get super complicated with this. I agree. <laughs> I realize I have a bias, but there's always a path to something happening in a game. Ceh gets hurt. Vonte <laughs> Adams that's blows bad. up. <laughs> Mahomes and Kelsey cancel each other out. Boom, victory. Good. Yep. So it, there's always a chance that somebody gets hurt. So um, that's okay. that's the ca- that's the caveat that you always have to take into account. It's like, hey, could this happen? Yeah, it could happen because you know somebody could go Teddy Bridgewater and go out on the first play or hurt their hamstring or hurt their knee or something, and they're just done. And then it completely alters the landscape. So you're never out of it. Never give up. Never give up. Um, and yeah, yeah, Gator J is confirming. I also just checked Juju Smith Schuster is active tonight. So, all right, but what was his injury? He was injured, right? Oh, uh, good question. Here, I will. I'll... It's always his shoulder, hamstring, hamstring. and quad, hamstring and quad. Oh, yeah, so, so, so Juju's, you're not gonna have to worry about Juju. All, all the throws are going to Kelsey or, yeah. Kelsey or MVS, hopefully MVS. No, I have a decision to make that probably doesn't matter because I'm down by so little, and I I also have Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Hiller playing, but I was I had Juju in the lineup as well, but I also have uh, Hunter Renfro on the bench. 
knowing that, you know, Renfro, it's the concussions, but it's also been a couple of weeks. I'd imagine he's probably in better physical shape as long as, you know, mentally the, the concussion is, is fine than Juju coming off the hamstring injury. So I was considering playing Renfro over Juju. I'd play Renfro. Yeah, I would. I think I would too, especially in a PPR league. Hey, look at that. Someone else is asking the same question. <laughs> oh, you know, nice. get, gets a, a, so again, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning Renfro. And so, and I, full transparency, I've got, I've got this decision in this league and I, and I, I've got Renfro in right now over Juju. But again, the context there is I've also got Mahomes and Clyde Edward Tiller in the same lineup. So I feel like I've still got exposure to the Chiefs offense and from the other side stacking, assuming the Chiefs score enough. So that that's, I don't know if that changes the equation. I don't mind. I mean, I, the Chiefs are definitely a team. I don't mind stacking all three players and, and shoving them in the lineup. So, yeah. Dan, would you go Renfro like us? No. You played Juju? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, we, we we know we know where the points are coming from in this game. We're about to get into that very soon, but we know where the points are coming we from. Are. If we know where these points are coming from, then Juju's probably a better chance to be amongst that. Renfro, you're hoping, as we've seen with a concussion, the likeliness of that maybe popping up again is is there. I'm terrified of someone coming. I'm more worried of someone coming back with a concussion than I am someone with a hamstring issue. I'll say that much. I'm, I'm actually. I'm actually not. I can. I can play with a hamstring. I can't play without my brain square. Not if you're a wide receiver and your yeah. and your forte is going down the field. Yeah, I don't. I. I likes some contact. It bothers me how he plays. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, everybody has their biases, but I. Listen, I, I, I do not subscribe to the. I'm more worried about somebody coming back from a concussion than I am from a hamstring injury. I'm going to go with the doctor. That holds zero. Go with the doctor. I'm all right with it. But like, listen, this guy's going to get that punt return, and he's going to have these 250 pound linebackers running at him, and they're going to scramble his brains again. I can see it coming. I guarantee you, our Renfro's not going to be on a punt return. Side bet. Side bet. Uh, Rivals. Rivals. Well, you you won't necessarily go down $200 on the side bet. I'd I'd imagine. (laughs) uh, Unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like like they said, used to keep the faith and and hope that Adams has the the big game. I know uh, apparently Gator Jay's hoping for a big game from well Adams and other players. Twenty two point seven five points per player. <laughs> it can happen. I'm telling you, Gator, never give up, never surrender. It can it can happen. All right, Alex listen, Quest. I know it, it can happen. Keep the faith. So let's let's blow through the rest of these and let's get to the uh, props before the Monday night game starts. So Rashad Penny, we already talked about. James Conner and uh, Daryl Williams both injured in the Arizona game. So Conner, rib injury, still formally being evaluated. Remember, with rib injuries, x-rays can be negative, even with a break um, or a painful cartilage injury. So he's not out of the woods yet. More to come with that. A one- to two-week absence a la uh, Kamara would not be a surprise. He could play this week. He could not. Neither one would surprise me. Daryl Williams, knee injury, diagnosis unclear at this point. Everything's on the table. Ligament injury, meniscus, cartilage. Just be on the lookout for updates. Really like Eno Benjamin as a stash if he's available. Um, and Keontae Ingram. Touchdown. What's that? And Keontae, oh, Keontae Ingram. Ingram. Yeah, Keontae Ingram would be the next man up, uh, but they would both benefit if those Arizona running backs were out. Damian Harris, hamstring injury. Um, severity unclear at this point. Grade one could cost him anywhere from zero to three weeks. Um, if it's a partial tear or a grade two, that could be a month or more. So we just got to be on the lookout for that. Ramondre Stevenson right on cue. Uh, was probably already rostered in your league and beasted for with 175 total yards. Give Pierre Strong a look as a spec pickup. If Damian Harris is going to be out, he could pick up 
some PPR uh, touches and could have some value there. Jonathan Taylor, you know, John, the ankle gate is still going on. We don't really know much more. There is some optimism surrounding his status in week six, suggesting a low ankle sprain. Um, high ankle sprain isn't off the table for me yet, but at least it looks like they're trending to suggesting that he's going to play next week. Um, Cordell Paris, uh, Cordell Patterson, that whole place is a mess down there. Like he's on IR. They have a three headed monster potentially with Damian Williams back in week six. So he's somebody to potentially look at as a veteran guy. Um, he's been really successful. So just don't forget about him, especially if you're really hurting at running back. DeAndre Swift, shoulder and ankle injuries. They held him out kind of as we predicted. They have a bye next week. The expectation is, is that he's going to be back in week seven after the bye. But hold um, Jamal Williams if you have him, just in case uh, you know Swift has any kind of setback or he isn't ready coming out of the bye, which could happen. Um, this one really hurt a lot of people. T. Higgins with Cincinnati. He played week five and he re-aggravated his ankle sprain and he got a goose egg for everybody that played him on Sunday night as just like a cherry on top of like a, a crappy like Cincinnati Bengals offensive uh, output. Um, so his availability for the next few weeks is very much in question. Tyler Boyd and the rejuvenated Hayden Hurst, along with um, along with Chase, would benefit if Higgins misses time. Tyreek Hill, we already talked about. Uh, as far as the walking boot, unclear diagnosis, not really sure what's happening there with the Dolphins. So a lot of questions to be answered there. Just got to kind of track things, watch practice reports. Again, keep Trent Sherfield and Cedric Wilson on waiver wire speed dial in deep leagues if things with the Cheetah go from bad to worse. Um, Christian Watson, shout out Zach Pulowski. Um, left in week five, severity unknown as far as the hamstring injury, but he could easily miss a few weeks. He's been number four on the depth chart for most of the year anyway, so he probably has marginal value in redraft. Um, but could be somebody that could have some value later in the year. Um, it just kind of depends on where your team is at this point, how much you're interested in him. Keenan Allen, he's been out for a while with his hamstring. Um, didn't practice at all leading up to week five, so could this be a grade two partial tear injury now? I need to see him on the practice field before I can even think of him getting back into the onto the field, um, so just be on the lookout for updates for that. The Giants, wide receiver woes continue. They're winning, so all is well, but – Geez, Louise, things are ugly four, there. The four and so, one Giants. Four, what's that? The four and one Giants. Four and one Giants. I apologize. I stand corrected. So one, I don't want to get sidetracked. Four and one Giants. Wandale <laughs> Robinson, limited practice. He's missed weeks two through five. Again, I got to see him practice before I can even think about him coming back. Who knows what's going on there? You would think that if he had any chance of playing, he would be out there given their issues at wide receiver. So the fact that he's not is definitely concerning, but hopefully he's getting closer to being out there. Darius Tony, this one is really messed up. So while his first hamstring injury was healing up and he was able to practice, he injured the other hamstring in the lead up to week five and ended up missing the week five game. So now he's been out oh, for three weeks and this could, this could cost him even more time Keenan Allen style. So we just got to watch practice reports here, be on the lookout for updates. Sorry. Kenny Galladay, that whole thing's been played out. But at least we know what the injury is. It's an MCL, uh, medial collateral ligament injury. So he had no practice time. Then he missed week five, as is expected. This could cost him even more time. The Giants may just decide to sit him down, put him on IR, do something. I don't know. Um, but I'm pessimistic for week six, even with the state of the New York Giants receiving core um, as it is. Julio Jones injured his PCL, missed some time, made a minimal contribution, and then missed week five. 
Um, so week six and maybe longer is in serious question at this point. I can't trust. He's like Dalton Schultz all over again. I can't trust him in my lineup until he actually plays a full game without issue. And that might take a while. So if you have other needs, I think it's okay to move on. Michael Thomas missed weeks four and five, no practice leading up to week five. There does seem to be some optimism as far as his week six status, suggesting a grade one or the lowest grade uh, toe injury. So this week of practice will kind of tell the tale. If he can practice, then maybe we can start penciling him in. Uh, Deontay Hardy had the more severe version of a turf toe injury. So they're already considering surgery at this point. So this suggests either a high part, high grade partial tear or a complete tear of the ligament. And he's already expected to miss extended time. So expect a six to week absence, six to eight week absence on the low end and surgery could end his year. Traylon Burks on IR with a turf toe. Don't have to worry about him for a few more weeks. He may not even be ready to come back after his IR stint is over in a few weeks. Isaiah McKenzie, concussion, ended up missing week five. We talked about Khalil Herbert as being a potential guy who could uh, make some noise, and he did. Um, so I think he's worth a speculative ad just in case any of the other Buffalo wide receivers get hurt. We've seen that he can do it. So good Khalil to have your backup. What's that? that? You're, you're talking Khalil Shakir, right? What did I say? Khalil Herbert? Khalil yeah. Shakir. Thank you. I was Khalil, like, Herbert. Khalil Herbert got hurt. Yeah. Are we transitioning <laughs> Khalil, there? Khalil Herbert got relegated back to second string when David Montgomery came back. Um, but he's still a talented guy too. And no guarantees mm-hmm. that uh, Montgomery is going to be able to stay healthy for the rest of the year either. So yeah, definitely yeah. not. You hold, you you hold backup top. running backs. You, yeah. you get in favor of dropping guys like Julio Jones, Deontay Hardy guys. We didn't we don't absolutely think be contributing for a while. Absolutely. Uh, Rashad Bateman foot injury. We're almost there. We're getting there. Um, missed week five. We haven't heard much on this, but you know, the drill, if it's a foot injury, you worry about a Liz Frank until someone tells us it's not a Liz Frank. Devin DuVernay looked pretty good. Five catches, 78 total yards. Um, so he's you know definitely somebody to consider, even though he's not the focal point in the offense. He's going to get you some production. Maybe he can bridge the gap there. Jahan Dotson going into the Thursday game. So this one was interesting because the initial quote was with his hamstring, he might be out for a week or two. So no like, hey, he might be good this week or whatever. They're already kind of like setting the bar and setting, setting the, the finish line tape two weeks out. Could this be a partial tear? And could this be really underplayed at this point and keep him out for multiple more weeks? It could be. So the guy that we talked about last week, Diami Brown, who was a third round pick at a university of North Carolina, he did really well. He only had two catches, but he made the most of them 105 yards, two touchdowns. I think he's definitely worth a speculative ad just in case any of these other guys get hurt on Washington. He's shown that he can be productive. Uh, Kyle Pitts. This one I am sure is killing uh, all the Kyle Pitts managers adding literal injury to insult. Uh, so he missed week five after not practicing all week. week. Week six remains in doubt, likely only a grade one injury, but we need to see him practice before we can consider him returning for whatever that's worth. For the record, he has 10 catches more than all of us do in the four games <laughs> that he played so far this year. Pat Fryermuth concussion. He's in the concussion protocol. We'll see. Um, and then Dalton Schultz, we talked about PCL injury. Got to see him back and productive in a game before I can trust him in the lineups again. And it could be weeks before that happens, maybe even not until the bye or after. Um, Cameron Brait, concussion, same deal. He missed week five. Kate Otten, as Dan mentioned before, um, looks like he could have some value whenever uh, Cameron Brait misses. And see. <laughs> and here we are, the Raiders and the Chiefs. This is your team, Doc, the Raiders. Uh, so the uh, – 
Then we're going to talk about some props, picking the game, but also individual player props. All this can be found at Underdog. And if you join Underdog, you can use the promo code GF2, capital G, capital F, the number two, and you get 100% deposit match up to $100. So you put in $100 deposit when you join Underdog, use the promo code GF2, and you'll have $200 in your account suddenly. So, uh, yeah, feel free to join uh, Underdog, use our promo code, and uh, you can, I mean, if you... I guess if you join in the next 10 minutes, you can you can do some of the props. And uh, you got time. You got time. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, this Monday night football matchup. Dan pulled out three incredible stats for us. I guess four, actually. Dan, do, do you want to read them or do you want me four, to read them? Four out of the four. Yeah, okay. So a lot of this is based on Derek Carr because of how the points are as spread and light is this week. So a lot of it's from where Derek Carr took over in two, uh, 2014. Uh, only once has this matchup between the Raiders and Chiefs gone under 50 points. And it's not really under. It finished at 30 to 20, the Chiefs. So that's the first one. So we're in a line of 50 and a half. That's interesting to know. Stat two, the Chiefs in that same time frame have never scored less than 30 points at home versus the Raiders. The Chiefs have gone three games over 40 points and one over 50. So if the spread the spread is uh, 50 and a half, it's good to know that 40 and 50 is on the uh, horizon. This is obviously with Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes in that time frame as well. Stat three, the average score since Derek Carr took over in 2014, 16 total games, home and away, 38-24 for the Chiefs. Stat four, and we just saw, uh, just popped up on the screen, Derek Carr is four and one, Monday night football. That's all well and good. How many of those were against the Chiefs? He has a three and 13 record against the Chiefs since 2014, two wins in his last 10. So mm -hmm. heavy fun on the Chiefs. For me, if we're going to get straight into those bets, for me, I feel like Chiefs plus six and over heavy. Heavy. We know that 50 is on the cards very, very quick. And I think I don't think that I think the Raiders are a good team, but I think they're better than they would actually show. I think they've been very unlucky this year. Some bad decisions gone their way. Bit of mesh problems with the coaching staff and getting mm -hmm. Adams involved. No Renfro, he's a bit of a, a focal point for them when he gets moving. I understand. Uh, but the Chiefs, like they have not skipped a beat since losing Tyreek Hill. They look unbelievable. I'm not even a big Chiefs guy. I don't really like them that much. They kind of bore me at times, but you're going to throw up 30 points a game against the Raiders, I'm going to tune in. They, they do my head in sometimes, the Chiefs. I'm just going to walk away. Like, they, they, could, they can't be interesting like the Giants, right? Like the Chiefs are such a boring offense. Yeah. Everyone can be 4 1, Kyle. I, I'm just saying, like, not everyone can get to that point. I guess the Chiefs could be 4 1 if they win here tonight. So right, let's, um, see if I can let's see if I can join us. Good luck to them. Well, Doc. Uh, as a Raiders fan, how are you picking this game? Yeah, well, as, as you guys know, I, I should have had you read off the standings, but uh, we, we'll we'll get there after. Um, so, you guys who've been watching the show, you know that I've I've picked lower on the over under every game, every, every mm -hmm. single week, and this week I'm going to break with that and go higher. And I. Have watched enough of these Chiefs Raiders games that I have a good sense of how it could go. And I am going with the Chiefs minus six and the higher. It's like, what do they say? Bet with your head, not with your heart. So Raiders all the way, but I've seen the Raiders get, you know, they, the Chiefs have mopped the floor with the Raiders more than once. And I think that this game could easily go that way. I think the Raiders score enough points to make it interesting and to, to get the higher, but. I yeah. think the Chiefs are just going to be too much. And if not, I'll be happy because the Raiders will win. But taking, taking the Chiefs 
and I'm going higher. They were playing the Broncos, though. You have to remember, Dan. Oh, uh, two, two, two teams that I'm hoping the Packers play because I think Matt Lafleur can actually outcoach both those coaches. But uh, um, regardless, uh, it was the Chargers last week, wasn't it? Raiders last week, the Chargers. I oh Raider, maybe I don't know Raiders yeah. Chargers. I thought that was week one. They lost. No, wait. They, they when they played, they beat Denver. And they lost everybody else, including the Chargers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, that was Denver last week. Uh, whatever. One team's four and one. So, yeah, listen, I've been doing this show for what three years with you guys. I haven't said this ever. That's true. Four wins for the Giants. Yeah, even in true. week 17. Well, usually you say it, but usually it's not until like early December. <laughs> we, matched, we matched last year's total. <laughs> we matched last year's total win total before the buy rounds hit. What do you want from me? Give it to let me have hey, it. the victory goes to spoilers, it. right? Enjoy it. Uh, anyway, so before we, we spoil this too much, uh, I'm just gonna keep it quick. I'm also taking the Chiefs and higher, so the three of us are doing that. Gladys, are you making Gladys. it a clean sweep? No, I'm taking <sighs> uh, Raiders lower. Wow, wow, wow. So that is bold. I like it. The Raider <laughs> fan in me likes that. <laughs> Any uh, particular that's reason? That, that's that Steelers spider right there. No, this game's <laughs> gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch anyone do well. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, what's behind, what's behind that? What's behind that, Gladys? What do you what do you what do you like about um, that? Well, I I think the uh, like you said, I think the Raiders are gonna make it a lot more interesting than people are giving them credit for. And in every other site, it's five and a half. It's fifty one and a half. Mm. Every site but this one and seven and a half points. Yeah. They're giving the Chiefs. It's so. it's it started the week uh, a week ago. I've been watching out or tracking along with the Action Network, and a lot of it was at the start of the week. Kansas seven and fifty one and a half. Yeah. So yeah, today, Adam today they must, yeah. dropped it. Yeah. So yep, I'm going lower. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you need to differentiate it. from Doc but, too. That's another reason. Uh, Whatever. Strategy. Gator. Something. South no, yeah, all of us. Yeah, sorry, Wes. I'm just. I have to put the comments up. I feel. I feel obliged. I didn't even think about it. Uh, sorry, um, but I guess. Uh, so the idea, I guess, the game theory behind what you're saying, Gladys, is when you see the line falling, you think they they'll never drop it far enough. If they right. feel like they, they, their line isn't what they should have been, they won't drop it enough, and then you take advantage and go even lower. Not sure. I think that thoroughly through, like you do, Kyle. But sure, okay. we can go. We can go with that. I'm a game theory More, guy. Like, you are a game theory guy. A subconscious level. I know. Yeah, maybe that's what's going on. But yeah, once uh, I mean, if I go to other sites, right, and and the game, and they haven't dropped their total, and the total still stays high, but what we're playing with has dropped their total, then I think yes, it's going to go lower. And it's it's is, a great it's a great thing to look at as well. So like we obviously do underdog props, but look at prize picks. You'll see like there is an edge there that we have with what another another company thinks will be lower or higher on a different player. You can look across the board, DK props, you can have a look. So Lattice is spot on with this. There are certain places that will stick to their guns and they'll force you to, into making bad betting mistakes, whether you want them to or not. So she's seeing like the line move and she's going, Don't care, this is what I'm going with, because they're trying to manipulate because no one else will. So, you know, I actually respect the, the idea of what she's doing. I'm also going to go with Spike from the Steelers. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. All right. We got three minutes to get our props in officially yep. before the game starts. Wow, Doc, you're like really excited to do this now, aren't you? Mr. Let <laughs> hey, everyone listen, else I do it. To be, I, I, don't, I don't want to be above reproach. I, I don't want to be above reproach. 
I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm okay. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Listen, I, I know you talk about being four and one and being happy. Like I, I completely recognize I'm going to finish under 500, but I want my moment in the sun. Got so. not last year. We could not get a bet out of you. I know. No, because there were too many. It was like there's 18 <laughs> poles. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not a doctor of statistics. Oh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So, so you, 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 you keep it simple, right? And Dark this will, be, this will be the third time in the last four weeks you've gone with an interception prop for a quarterback yeah. and taking so Derek, Derek Carr, 0. 0.5 interceptions. Hoya. He's fine. He's fine. He's uh, Hoya. He's fine. I'm going this Derek year. Carr, 7.5 rushing yards higher. Oh, wow. Okay. It's funny. We're, of course, this this game with the quarterback shoot. All our props involve quarterbacks. <laughs> um, Dan alluded to it earlier, right? The Chiefs' ability to score. One of the things I saw right away was, you know, they gave Derek Carr one and a half passing touchdowns. I saw that. They gave Patrick Mahomes two and a half total touchdowns, mm. and I love that. That if he runs one in, run it'll one still in, count. Yeah. And I think. Yep. Honestly, sorry, Doc, but Mahomes can account for three touchdowns on his own in a quarter, let alone Easy. a game. So I'm oh, going yeah, with Patrick happen. Mahomes. You know, apologize to me. Apologize to everybody watching the game. Well, well, I mean, unless they're, they're Patrick Mahomes fans or they have them on their fantasy team, they'll be really happy with that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going Patrick Mahomes, two and a half total touchdowns higher. Love it. And Dan, you're also I, taking Mahomes, it seems. I, I, found, I found a nice, easy uh, rivals matchup there. I saw... Uh, Patrick Mahomes or Derek Carr was plus 12 and a half passing yards against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, if anyone's watched the Chiefs lately, they ain't running it for shit. So uh, it is Patrick Mahomes. He's going to go for, a, you know, at least 400 in this one. It's going to happen. What are they going to do? Let, what are they going to do? Let Hilaire run it? Derek McKinnon go for 20 yards? So no, I need, with 12 and a half yards. I need to look around, man. Well, Isaiah Pacheco's, Pacheco's line is like 22 and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. So they, like, if they aren't and rushing Martin. it, they're throwing it. it. 12, Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick shout Mahomes. out Rutgers University, my alma mater. What was, the, what was the number? 12 and a half? 12 and a half. Like minus 12 and a half for my homes. It's like 13 more yards. Can he get 13 more passing yards than Derek Carr? Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, so just representing right there. So this is the second time one of us has picked a rival's pick. I I took uh, Cooper Rush over Daniel there Jones. Was so many. There were so many this week in the rival section. When I shot them over to you, like it was, I'm looking at going. There's just so many options. It's it's Juju. It's 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 uh it's Hardman. It's Kelsey. It's it's so many Clyde Edwards Hilaire props for some reason. I don't know why. Josh Jacobs, Adams, Waller versus Kelsey, Carvis, Mahomes. There were so many different combinations. But I'm sitting there going. Mahomes minus 12 and a half? Come on. So what did you guys think? I know, I guess it's a little late if you did want to lock this in, Gator story, but what did you guys think of uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's uh, total uh, total yards, rushing and receiving? Lower. I think that would be I, – I don't like picking the lowers on props. I would probably pick the lower on that. The one CEH prop I really liked was half a touchdown. And, it, and that was, again, I, yeah. what I liked about it was also rushing and receiving. <laughs> I would go, be I, yeah, I like that because I would go lower on the yards. I could see the yards going low, but him scoring like two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So exactly. if I didn't go with Mahomes, the two and a half touchdowns, I probably was going to go Clyde Edwards Hilaire on half a touchdown. And again, I love that it was either rushing or receiving. I I kind of like the, the 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 lines like that. Okay, small number, but also the the multiple outs. So that's why I kind of gravitated towards those two props. But ultimately, right. you want to, you you want to read all the standings, the standings for everybody while we're here, please. <laughs> of I don't course. Know, you know. So, yeah, Doc, as Gladys alluded to, Doc is kind of crushing us and we're all having to chase him. He's 12, 2, and 1. 
So uh, Dan actually, uh, I w- Dan and I were tied, but he surpassed and now is alone in second place at eight six and one. I'm at seven seven and one, and Gladys at four ten and one. So Dude, don't Gladys, call we got comeback, work to do. Baby. Don't nowhere call it a comeback. Up. I got nowhere to go but down. I feel yeah, like I, I can easily go. Up. I can go over three right here. Like it feels. <laughs> this is like a trap game for me. It's like the doctor take a holiday. I think. <laughs> so, let's get you know, if he, if he doesn't come on the show, he can still make the prop picks so, on the line. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. Oh, that sounds like the New York Giants right now. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Normally, that's not a good thing, but I guess yeah. now it's, that's a great <laughs> yeah, thing. So, it's perfect a compliment. Thing. All right, game started. Already, already a flag. It's already a flag. <laughs> it's already a touchdown. Right? Yeah, okay. seriously, seventy-nine <laughs> yards, Juju. Uh, no, because the uh, Raiders got the ball first. Oh well, that 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 track. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and it's second and twenty-one. So yeah, yeah. that's that sounds about right. Derek, Derek, right. Carr, just, Derek Carr just launched oh, one to Mac Holmes. Yeah, he did. Almost oh. didn't, ha- didn't catch it though. Nah. Like I say, did he get the interception? Dolph no. already got his problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's never cheering for a Raiders turnover so hard. Um, is, is this going to be like the, the Colts game, Colts-Broncos on Thursday? Because I, no. I, I was no. like kind of flipping through. God, no. I, I no, swear, every cost, time I check back, the Colts cost, were in a third and 30 situation. Like, it was like, what? What's going on every time? No, the game was, sucks so bad. You know what? I, I, I kind of like that these games are testing people. I've said it before. I'm a soccer guy, right? So, you know, I've watched many nil-all draws. You, you throw 10. If the Premier League is on, there's 10 games every weekend. Half of them are nil-all draws, right? You yeah. live with it. You're like a non-scoring game. you got to test your patience. You've been waiting like nine months for the football to come back. Like sometimes they say with, with boxing and fighting, styles make fights, right? That was just not a very good fight. It was just terrible. Okay, I just want to say terrible. that. Not only is Devontae Adams like a really good football player, but his Taco Bell commercials are amazing. Outstanding. Aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> With the Taco Bell, they're out. That's well, awesome. We've been deprived of non-commercial players in Green Bay for too long. Yeah, exactly. You know? We need Devontae Adams, Taco Bell commercial. Andy what commercials do we get out of what, what commercials do we get out of Aaron Rodgers? I forget. The State Farm. Like, okay, like, <laughs> I thought I wanted to like plug a, an insurance company on our broadcast or anything. That's it? Like that's 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 it. Uh, I try not to else? pay attention to commercials, honestly, but that one Anyone just seems, else? Those seem to always be on. Nothing. Just like the least the least commercial state in the country is Wisconsin. Like Devontae Adams. <laughs> to be the, fair, it's the smallest the city of any NFL team. So, in, of course, the media companies don't really care. Devontae Adams straight into Vegas. Commercial. Let's <laughs> commercial. go. Commercial. Let's go. I mean, Baker, think about Russell Wilson, Baker, Seattle, small Wilson. city, not in the commercial. Suddenly he's with the Broncos. Oh, he's in every not. awful commercial that's the worst think slash about, best ever now. Think about every commercial Baker hey. Mayfield's been in. Like it's wild. Like that guy's had more commercials than wins. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. it's Wait, what? I don't get any commercials with Russell Adams, or Russell Wilson out here. I haven't seen one. Google Russell Wilson. He's in a lot of He's in Subway. And that's all we need to know. Yeah, oh really? Yeah. I've never seen a Subway with him. It's in. the greatest yeah. commercial of all time, Gladys. Yeah. Just <laughs> so true. I doubt it's that. Something. Very seriously. It's, it's something. Oh. Well, I I only consider it the greatest commercial of all time because it's probably the worst commercial of all time, but everyone has been talking about it, and because of that, they've gotten basically free publicity for it, so it makes it the greatest advertisement of all time. Now I'm going to have to Google it tonight. Yeah, you you got to see it it because everybody's talking about it. It's pretty cringe, so (laughs) that's uh, all I can say. It's it's pretty dangerous. It's it's perfect. It's quintessential Russell Wilson for Uh, whatever, for better or for worse. This is dangerous conversation territory. We should probably leave now. 
Take us home, Kyle. Well, well, I want to end with, and this is a rant that I've heard other podcasters make. As as a Canadian, Canadian Thanksgiving, I will make this. Put CFL players in commercials, and this is specifically Canadian commercials and Canadian companies, obviously, but they, they, you know, Safeway, they've got this official partnership with the CFL, and yet they've got, you know, the 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 stereotypical family and the, the, the little girl pretending to be the coach, and put a freaking CFL player in there. I mean, Safeway, you're partnering with the CFL, the touchdown to win contest for decades now. You can't put one, you can't put Zach Caleros reigning and probably th- also this year's MOP in a commercial. Like, seriously, come on, come on, safe. Wait, listen, listen on. you got, they, they got to do a better, you think about this country as a whole, right? They do very well commercializing players and product, but it's the same players and product. I absolutely agree. You look at, I could go on around about this. World Cup year, Christian Pulisic, Christian Pulisic is finally in a commercial. Like, and, and what, America has the next World Cup? You want to get these guys out in front now. And you're not going to have problems selling tickets to a World Cup. But you want to get the support behind your team now. One commercial for like your best player? It's insane. You've got to get these guys out. MLS has just finished. Or it's just about finishing with playoffs and all that. Get in front of these guys. Get them out there. You've got some good players in this league. Higuain was out here. One of the most prolific scorers in the world. Max, not, one com- not one commercial. Not one commercial. It's wild. Is that what Gators talk about here, Gladys? Max Crosby, yes. So good. He- Oh my God, he is. He is. Man, if only if only they took him fourth overall instead of clean Farrell, <laughs> and then they probably would have just taken Farrell in the fourth round. Who knows? Then it'd all be good, right? I can't. I can't. Uh, wait, there's Farrell on the sideline looking at Max Crosby going, I, I wish I were you. I can't you, fault Mike Mann too much for any of that. Like, well, yeah, we I think we know who was actually running that team. Probably someone who shouldn't have been running an NFL team, frankly. That is, so. That's fair. So I got that rule. I just want well, to say that this is the week of my comeback, that I start my comeback, my epic comeback, because I have nothing to cheer for during NFL season, so all I have to do is study stats. Hey, come be a Giants fan, Gladys. We'll take you. <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for you, Gladys. I'm rooting for your... For listen, you to listen, just so you know, for the next three weeks, we'll have a positive record. So... <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, yeah. no, no matter what, we got a positive record until like week eight, week nine. We're good. Are you positive <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll just we'll answer this one question before we get out of here. Oh, name wow. these running backs in order based on how well they will do in fantasy. Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, Brees Hall, and Ceh. Now this is tough. Like I think on a weekly basis it could fluctuate. So I think we're just gonna straight up the rest of the year. Yeah. Rest of the year. Oof. We'll, say, uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just say we'll say for the sake of it redraft, right? We're gonna say redraft. redraft? Yeah, because I mean even That's- in dynasty you'd still want to know who's doing the best in the year so yeah. right. i'll, I'll go i'll go first Brees sure. hall damian pierce ramondre stevenson ceh that would be that would be exactly how i do it Brees yeah. hall, See, i think so pierce, i have ceh right behind Brees hall i think this touchdown wow. this okay. this hit him scoring touchdowns i know touchdowns are fluky but that's this is exactly what we expected ceh to do be efficient with his touches be you know have access to a lot of scoring because of this offense i think he's a top 12 right like i like i had him ranked this week as rb3 and that's, i think i mean cool. he's I think in fantasy right now he is the RB three. I think he's I think his gallbladder grows back. He gets another gallbladder attack, and then he's out for the year. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but I think could I happen think. to Damian Pierce. I mean, he signed that trash Texans O line. I mean, how many hits does he take before he suffers an ACL tear? Right. So oh, I mean, wow. we could we could we could speculate injuries if all we want. But, no, but I was I was joking about I, the gallbladder I, thing. You were. Serious. I just think <laughs> I know, Hall, he is. Like, to me, Brees Hall and Ch. <laughs> have the advantage of getting the, the, the receptions as well. I mean, Brees Hall just put up 100 receiving yards. So that's why yeah. I think I think we all agree he's number one. 
And but I'd have to Ceh right there. I think Dan, rest of the season, I wouldn't even be shocked if Ceh passes if him. To be say, honest, so if you're say I'd go Paul Ceh, probably Pierce then Stevenson. But I could even put Steve, uh, Pierce last just because I have so little faith in that offense. Yeah, I, I, talking, <laughs> I don't know what's so funny about this. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the RB three right now. It's it's. I think it's, it's so be funny because you're getting I think he'll so be a top twelve running back the rest of the year. Because no. you're in like you're like right here, and everyone expects you to be like right. Damn, that's you're what's Kyle so funny. Yeah, Kyle, the other Listen, Kyle, you got to relax. Look, I think, <laughs> I think if you could make the case like of how running backs get used, it's hard to for me. If, if Damian Harris is out for a while, it's hard to argue a case from Andre Stevenson. We saw in terms of how touchdown-dependent running backs can be in a Patriots offense. What was it? We said it last week, 15 running backs, right? Uh, 15 touchdowns for Harris last year or something. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's in there, and he's got the PPR chops in him too. So he's capable. But the way that Hall got used second week in with, uh, you know, young blood, what, Zach, Ta- uh, Zach Wilson, right? We've seen how that looks, and that team is only going to get better. They're going to have bad weeks. There's going to be inconsistencies. But he's, he was having 10 target games leading up to this week anyway, with or without Flacco and Carter. So I think it's hard to say that it isn't going to be Hall no matter what. So let's let's throw Hall there. Hilaire, on any week, he had zero rushing yards a week ago. Zero. Minus seven. Minus, Minus seven, seven and zero. We're looking at a guy who's scoring negative points, hoping for a touchdown, and is, and is capable – as the Chiefs are of getting into the red zone, they can throw McKinnon in there. They can throw Pacheco, who's only going to grow into the uh, season. It bothers, yeah, Pacheco is only going to get more use as the season goes on. It's not going to be Hilaire because they're going to look at him and go, yeah, he's not really that effective. They're too smart of an organization to keep playing that. So for me, if you said to me, Hall at one, for me, I can go Pierce too if you want because the volume's going to be there. It's not Rex Burke. Rex Burke. It isn't happening. I could say Stevenson too if you wanted to get a little spicy with that because Harris will sit some time with a hamstring. You never know how that's going to work. Pierce at three, Hall uh, and CEH. I don't know. Maybe the RB3. It's like he's scoring like all these points in one game. And I know that matters at the end of the season. But when you're setting your lineups, it, it, it matters a lot. So I, I just don't trust the guy at all. Not with McKinnon there outrushing him. Not with Pacheco there getting goal line work too late in the game. I just, I don't, I have zero faith in that guy. Sell and him now. Sell him. Kyle, how how crazy is it if B League is telling you to calm down? Seriously. <laughs> I guess that was this episode. Uh, we, we <laughs> yeah. switched, well, we switched places. It's Freaky Friday, right? Places. The Giants beat the Packers. Everything's kind of messed up. Freaky Everything Monday. Is uh, bizarro, it's Bizarro World. <laughs> it I get, I get most of my aggression out on a Friday. This is like nice for me. <laughs> you know what? And I, I, I oh am mistaken. God. I will correct. Clyde Ortelier is the RB four right now, not the RB three. I'm sorry. All right. It's a big man to admit when so that makes we're, the whole difference. We're talking like about that. we're talking about like no Jonathan Taylor. McCaffrey didn't get started. Henry didn't get started. These guys are going to catch him within a week. It's going to happen. I, don't I, know, I also Nick think that, you know, Chubb. Can I just throw one more stat out there? He had yeah, 92 yeah. rushing yards against the Buccaneers run defense. So this idea that he can't run and he's not effective. I mean, yeah, he had the zero rush yard game, but he sandwiched that between a 74 rush yard game and a 92 rush yard game. So Negative I don't know. That's yards. kind of seeming oh, like that was a game where the Adam, you know, the Adam's scored 20 touchdown. points against the Colts. I don't think we saw that. Adam's touchdown. Adam's touchdown. 17 points against the Colts. Really? So, Are you ahead of us? Yeah, it's like, I'll, a, it's like I'll, a 60 yard bomb as well. Oh my I'll god, you're ahead of me on the feet. Well, how is that possible? That's an East Coast thing. 
I guess Adam's the Giants touchdown. are ahead of the Steelers. That's, that's so shocking. Oh, but hopefully uh, for Adams getting a touchdown, that helps uh, Yusu here get that money nice. back. And you know what? It also helps my prediction. There you go. All right. On a fourth and take one us, as well. Take us home, yeah. Kyle. That's a call. Uh, so go Clyde Edwards Lair. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, not really. I actually am. Uh, Jaco. Uh, Jaco. Anyway, so uh, thank you very much for this, you know, big spirited debate on the AFC West. I guess what? I think we have an AFC West <laughs> matchup next week anyway. Right? I think it's Broncos uh, Broncos uh, Chargers, I believe, next week. So that's not a uh, Dan's now. trying to tell me to get out of here. So I'll just say, you know, join Underdog. Use the promo code oh. GF2 uh, for 100% deposit map. Oh, he's saying 4-1. and one. Okay, the Giants oh. are 4-1 in case people didn't know. Uh, he's going to have <laughs> to say they won more times than they'll actually win this year. It seems. Wow. Um, Four more games. Uh, three more weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, bye so. week. Let's hope a bye week stretches that out as well. I <laughs> uh, gotta love Gentlemen. winning records, and hopefully uh, we can help you win in fantasy. Whether it's with the injury analysis, the, the props, and uh, uh, props to my three co-hosts for having to deal with me today. So I'm very thankful. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Gladys. You can follow us all. Gladys at Gladys L Tyler. Dan's at the B League says. Doc's at TFS Doc. I'm at Senra says, of course, follow us on going for two at going for two live or at going for underscore two, both on Twitter, check out going for two.com, all sorts of great articles and all sorts of great content for NFL, NBA, DFS, all sorts of, of great uh, hip happening stuff at the going for two. I don't know why I just said hip happening. Uh, hip we really happening. need to get out of here because I'm derailing completely hip right happening. now, but uh, thank, thank you <laughs> for making this so enjoyable. Bye guys. Bye Gator. Have a great Gator. week. <laughs> oh, th thanks to Gator for loving the show. Love all the interaction from everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week on the Monday Night Conversion. Bye Good for luck, now. Rodriguez. Bye bye, guys. <laughs>